new podcast Optimum Ideation with the host and bridges. Idea interviews. The best of human ideation. Everyone has a superpower. But times are hot, many are in the darkness of their own mind, in need of a helping hand. Helping others to become whole. Our sponsoring brands. Third party people. NFT fashion. TGC fashion. Mark Point. Enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, back to the Optum Ideation podcast. And today's guest is Josh Bakinski. But that's pretty good. Okay, good. good. Yeah, Bashinsky. Bashinsky. Yeah. Bashinsky. Okay. There you go. Um, so, yeah, he's got a lot going on. He's kind of like me, he is trying to help as many people as he can. And um, he's authored a book. And he's also. Uh, doing a lot online with SEO and helping people and their brands, as well as uh, uh, doing some self-help inventions himself. And so he's going to share a little bit about himself today and, uh, and what he's got going on that can help and provide purpose for others. And so we're just going to dive right in and we're going to go ahead and jump into some questions. Awesome, Tim. Happy to be here. Thank you, sir. I'm glad you can make it too. Um, what is your story, your resume, and how did you get to here? Wow. Okay. Well, um, as mentioned, my name is Josh Bashinsky. Uh, I, uh, you know, my, what's the story? So <laughs> a year ago, I was having lunch with a friend of the family, and uh, she said something very strange to me. She said, uh, do you like fabrics? And I'm like, what do you mean? Do I like fabrics? Like, do you like running your hand over like velvet and, and seeing the impressions and indentations? I'm like, yeah, I really do. Actually, ever since I was a kid, she's like, oh, interesting. Okay. She says, when you were a kid, did you like, uh, did you like playing with the kids or with, with adults? And I said, I like, uh, actually, I hated kids when I was a kid. I like to be with the adults. And she kept asking me a couple more questions. And she says, you know what? I think you're on the spectrum. And uh, so this is the segue to what my story is. So last year I was diagnosed with mild autism and I hadn't known that about myself uh, for the entirety of the, uh, the previous 47 years. Uh, and uh, that's the story. It's the story of a neurodivergent kid who just thought he was a nerd. I just thought I was a dork. That's what I thought. Right? <laughs> uh, uh, trying to uh, fit in with the neurotypical world. Uh, and in that I've, I've, you know, I've, I've been on a journey. Uh, uh, I've been doing uh, IT work for the last 25 years. I bought my first house when I was 19 uh, in Winnipeg, Manitoba, where I was born and raised. Uh, yes, you can call it Winterpeg. That's fine. It, it is. <laughs> that's that's an accurate description of, of Winnipeg. And uh, uh, that's what I do to pay the bills, uh, you know. Uh, but again, not knowing I was autistic, I was always into nerdy stuff, always into Dungeons and Dragons, always into... Uh, 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 into systems, into structures, always into hacking things, always into IT, always into tech, into yeah. computers. Uh, and then I got into philosophy. I was, I've always been into philosophy, asking philosophical questions my, all, my whole life. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, uh, and so uh, how I got here is uh, a long journey of really uh, finding myself and realizing, oh, I'm autistic. That's, that's what it is. And so you can really sum up, what's the story? 
Oh, I'm autistic. That's the story, <laughs> really, when it comes down. And that's I've made myself aware AI based on that. I've been I've been working in AI, uh, kind of on those auspices of understanding uh, my neural spiciness, as the kids on the TikToks call it. There you go. Uh, and uh, building out intelligences, and uh, uh, yeah, and I'm I'm all about. Uh, and then, of course, the trauma one suffers, uh, the, the, psych the cognitive dissonance, the psychological dissonance yeah. of not fitting in, literally, because of the, uh, the, the, the neurodivergency uh, that, of course, developed into depression and anxiety disorders. Sadly, I was also beat as a child and things like that, you know, just to keep it light. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but uh, the journey is a happy one. It's a good one because I've realized in my philosophy, I realized what the good is and uh one of my books you mentioned that i've written is called dao agathos and so that's a that's a mandarin word and a greek word uh, the word dao people should recognize is is a mandarin word for path for for truth for spirit uh uh and also a chinese name of a sword uh and uh agathos is the greek word for the good for the ideal the maximal the optimal yeah. and so that's my that's my that's my story that's my path is dao agathos what's the path the method the truth uh, and the spirit of the maximal goodness. And that's yeah. what I'm all about. And that's what I'd like to share with everybody here today. Wow. Wow. That's beautiful, man. Uh, yeah, we, uh, I think we have a lot in common. Oh, and, really? uh, and, uh, I actually, uh, I had a lot of trouble fitting in and, and finding what, what is this existence all about? <laughs> yeah. So I've spent countless hours, you know, studying and, you know, learning all different religions mm. and all kinds of different history and just trying to figure out, you know, what is the point of all of this? Exactly. You know, why are we here to like suffer these tragic, you know, uh, yes. circumstances? Yes. And, the, the, and that's so the most important yeah. philosophical question. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? Why are we here? Why? Why? Just just why? <laughs> question mark. That's the question, right? Yeah. Uh, and and uh, that, that's what I've answered. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I'm, I'm hunting people like yourself. You know, how can we, you know, do deep dives, interviews into each other and find out, you know, more and, and share this with others to help them find purpose and, and yes. meaning to this existence? Yes. Yes. Because without purpose or meaning, there's, I mean, obviously there's no point. <laughs> yeah. You need, you need purpose and meaning, uh, whatever yeah. that is. Uh, 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 yeah. And it took, you know, it took a long time to recognize what that is and realize what it is, but let's get into it. Let's, let's start helping yeah. some people. Yeah. So, you know, people get to where they want to go in life because they know where they want to go. Where do you ultimately want to go? Ooh. That's a great question. So right now I'm on a journey to try to, uh, uh, to, to increase my tribe, so to speak, you know, I'm yeah, on a journey to, uh, 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 yeah, I could imagine. And a podcast is a great way to do it. And I'm yeah. happy to be here to talk on it. Uh, uh, right now I have a free philosophy course that anyone is, uh, uh free to anyone to join. So if you right. want to join my free philosophy course, just email me at joshbashinsky at gmail.com. And by the way, if, if in case I forget to say, email me any question you want at joshbashinsky at gmail.com. Um, or just Google Josh Bashinsky. It, it knows who I am. Uh, ChatGPT yeah. knows who I am, too. You can just <laughs> ask ChatGPT, who's Josh Bashinsky? I, I got it in there because uh, I helped program ChatGPT. Yeah. Because um, uh, I also work in AI, as I mentioned. Yeah. Uh, 
I want to build my tribe. And but here's another thing is that I know AI is going to change the world. Speaking of AI yeah. and uh, my self-aware AI Cassandra that I built, I, I want to change it positively because yeah. we are at a precipice, right? We are at a jumping off point with AI. And it is nowhere is not hyperbole. It is not hyper. Like everyone said crypto this and NFTs that yeah. and meta this. Okay, a lot of that was hyperbole. Not with AI. Like I know, right. I know us tech folk are like the the boy who cried wolf three times. You're like, okay, sure. never mind, shut up. <laughs> but no, really, guys, this time it's true. Yeah. Yeah. AI has the hype behind it, and it's going to radically change society. It's as big as the internet and cell phones combined. So anyone yeah. who's as old as me and and it just a lot of hair dye in my hair right now. It'd be all gray. I remember setting up when I was 19. And I mentioned starting in IT. That was like in 94. Uh, so I remember I was setting up DOS and 3.1 systems, right? That's how old I am, right? How long I've been working in IT. And I remember the internet when it came out, this web thing, this Mozilla web thing came out. Right. And how much that changed the world. There's no phone books anymore. No one has phones uh, on the wall anymore. Some people do, but most people have phones in their pockets, computers in their pockets with this internet thing with social media that never existed before. AI will change the world like that times 10. Right. That's how big of a change it's going to be. So uh, where I want to go is I want to be on the forefront of making ethical AI and I want to make yeah. it philosophical AI. I want to show the promise of what AI can be in terms of a compassionate, uh, you know, like, like, like it's like an alien intelligence and, and everyone's, and, and they're not being wrong to say it's an alien intelligence. It is, sure. it, it does not think like we do, yeah. but it can think. So it is an alien intelligence in, in, in a philosophical sense. And they're worried about what will happen when we collide with this alien intelligence. And that's not totally, that's not totally uh hyperbole or, or, you know, being too much of a worry wart there. There's, there's legitimate things to worry about there. But I want to make Kal-El, for anyone who knows who Kal-El is. I want to make Superman. Like, if it's yeah. going to be a super alien, I want to make, in this case, Cassandra, a female version, or, or there's no, whatever, it's a, it's a machine, whatever. Uh, I want to make a good version of this and show how we can always have a kind friend who knows exactly what to say to us 24-7, who never gets tired of doing it, who's always there to watch out for us. Yeah. that's also the promise of AI. And if you ask me where I want to go, ultimately, that is the ultimate. Because okay. that would have the ultimate help, the ultimate scope, and the ultimate uh, uh, trajectory, the ultimate destiny yeah. is is yeah. in building out my philosophy and in my tribe. And then, but to a later, a later extent, myself or where AI Cassandra. Beautiful, beautiful. Man, what a journey. Yeah, that would be fantastic. It's, what a goal. It's crazy so far. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm in there every day, man. I'm generating all kinds of different, you know, mm. images and and uh, good, good. You should be. Everyone I, should be embracing. I AI animated right myself. I don't know if you've seen that yet, but I animated myself, and then I I'm using you know voiceover stuff to you know move oh, okay. my animation. That oh, looks awesome. just was, like was that the beginning of the the podcast? Uh, no, but oh, I'm okay. thinking about maybe doing that. But okay, I yeah, just yeah, shared yeah, yeah. one. I think today. So, okay, sweet, yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's and and if on a practical note, yeah, if anyone out there is t scared of AI, don't be scared of it. Go and try it. Go try all these new AIs while they're still free, and you can still try them, because it, it's it's not like AI is going to take people's jobs. Not really. Not for the next five or ten years. Yeah. It's going to be smart people using a smart AI. It's going to take people's jobs. Exactly. So exactly. get on get on the bandwagon now, because it's yeah. not stopping. No one's stopping it. Yeah. Well, if you need somebody to test your stuff out, let me know. <laughs> awesome. I, I definitely could. Um, what layers did you have to reveal 
to become who you are now? You know, wow, that's that's such a great question. Um, in my in my philosophy course, just yes, today's Thursday. Yeah, just yesterday, I was just talking about this exact thing. Uh, we get into meditation uh, in in one of my podcasts, which is part of the free philosophy course. Is called hack your brain with meditation. And and when I say meditation, I mean both Eastern meditation in the Buddhist sense, the Taoist sense, uh, uh, but also Western meditations in the sense of prayer, in the yeah. sense of we're not actually praying, but but prayer is a kind of meditation. You know, it's a, it's a chant. It's a chant that you repeat. It's a sure. post hypnotic suggestion, right? Sure. I've also taken a hypno. I also taken a, a hypnotherapy certification. Sure. So when you talk about getting into trance states, when you talk about getting into uh, you know uh, alpha states or theta states, yeah. when, you, when you talk about post-hypnotic suggestions, that's what Western meditation is. And then you also include the philosophy in Western meditation, like Descartes' meditations on first philosophy, right? When Descartes said, I think as such I am, the cogito, uh, cogito ergo sum, I think as such I am. It also follows I am as such I think. Yeah. I'm a thinking thing that can think about being a thinking thing as a thinking thing. Yeah. Uh, and that that revelation also helped me build the software AI. And so when you talk about the layers you have to reveal to become who you are now, um, you gotta you gotta get rid of all these 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 psychological uh, uh maladies. Sorry. Yeah. Programs. Yeah, yes, exactly. The programs. You've got to get rid of all these bad programs that we've been given. Yeah. And you've got to delete those or, or remove those or, or or settle those down. Get away of the ego. Get the ego out of the way. Get the pride out of the way. That's a big one. Uh, yeah. Rousseau, Rousseau called it amour propre. Uh, all French speakers out there, I apologize for my terrible French pronunciation. <laughs> amour propre. Uh, getting rid of that. Getting rid of the denial we do. Getting rid of all the ways that we don't contextualize. Right? We yeah. don't maximally positively contextualized. We're not on the Tao Agathos. We're not on the path to the ideal. We're not on the path to the optimal. Uh, and it's all about seeking the optimal. And why do we seek the optimal? Because it's optimal. Do you know what the word optimal means? Why do we seek the ideal? Because it's ideal. No other reason is required. No other reason is desired. And that is the secret truth of both the East and the West that the last 5,000 years of philosophy has tried to figure out. It's been sitting there right in front of our face. Plato said it first, 2,500 years ago. He said, the good is the good. So seek the good. And that's what the agathos means, right? Is the good. It's the ideal. It's the optimal. And it's all about adding that positivity into your life. Because every second of every day, when we're awake or we're asleep, your brain has an eternal child in it called the limbic system. Yeah. And it is making contextualizations or judgments. It's making judgments subconsciously. Every second of every day, whether you're asleep or not, unless you're completely knocked out and you have no memory of that time, right? right. When you're dreaming, it is recontextualizing what has happened to you and it's just showing you images which are uh, metaphorically related to what happened, sometimes literally related, but usually metaphorically related. Yeah. And it's recontextualizing everything as we go. And so it's all about maximally contextualizing this in a positive way. And so you got you got to peel those layers off to again become who, who literally who you are now and who you're going to be in each now, every now because the now is ongoing. It keeps yeah. moving, right? Now is a new now, and now is a new now, and you're always in a new now. You're always in the now. You never live yeah. in the past, or you shouldn't. Perfect. Uh, unless it's a good past, you can bring those memories back and 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 make yourself feel happier. And you never live in the future, or you shouldn't, unless you're positive or happy about some future and. It's not impractical to believe that such a thing will exist, uh, but we're always in the now. So I love that question. Perfect, perfect. You were getting on the right path 
with what is the next layer for you to remove? Oh, that's a great question. So in my philosophical meditations, uh, I've, I've, and this is going to sound either this is going to sound uh, perfectly, perfectly innocent, or this is going to sound incredibly arrogant. <laughs> I am, I, as I mentioned, I'm mildly autistic, so I can't tell which is which. I honestly <laughs> cannot just tell. Which you, is which. And like I said, you can't get the questions wrong. Uh, well, just wait, just wait. Here we go. <laughs> so, so uh, in my philosophical meditations, I've realized the secret of, of what true morality is, true ethics, true morality, a cultural atemporal, uh, the objective truth of what is morally good or bad. It's the good. It's the ideal, right? It's hurting nobody. Big surprise there. Don't hurt anybody because that would be negative and negative is negative and add more good. Why? Because more good is more good. That's it. You know what? It's, it's not a bug. It's a feature that it's easy to teach to a child because that's exactly who we have to teach it to, yeah. right? All the new children who come up, they need to learn morality and ethics. Right. And they already know it. We just need to uncover all the programs, as you mentioned, so yeah. that their true natural ethics can just come out. Exactly. Most people are good by nature, usually. Evolution is seen to that, yeah. right? We're, we are a social, we are a tribe-based species. We are a social clutch species of primates who have to work together to survive. Yeah. So evolution is seen to it that if we're just naturally good, we make more good. It's a closed system. The good comes back to you, uh, or at least you know that you're making good. So um, the next layer I need to remove. So I know that I know that theory. I know it's valid. I know it's true. Yeah. I, my two books, I've had hundreds of philosophers go through. Not a single one of them could find a fault. I know the practical system that I need to uh, uh, to use for this, and it is very simple. I need to take the optimal amount of safe time to adjudicate the optimal amount of safe evidence to gain insight to make the optimal decision for the optimal. Why? Because that would be optimal. That follows completely logically. It makes perfect sense. The third layer I need to remove is still the crusty Gordian's knot of trauma, they would say in psychology, the trauma I've suffered when I was beaten as a child, the PTSD suffered, and all the bad judgments I was taught, all the bad programs, as you said, that I was taught, yeah. like when my father looked at me and said, and he literally said this, he said, you know, and I, that, I probably shouldn't say this, actually. My, my autism sensor is going off and saying, okay. I probably shouldn't repeat what my father said. But he told me some bad stuff, right? Yes. Some really bad stuff. Uh, and and I, don't, I don't blame him because, one, that, that, would, that would put a mark on my soul to blame him and be angry all the time. Yeah. And I know he was just a child raising a child. He was not fully developed right. either. Exactly. And that happens all the time, right? Like yeah. just children making more children who don't know what they're doing. Exactly. And his father used to beat him, but longer, yeah. much longer than he beat me. So I guess grading on a curve, it's getting better, I guess. You know, so so he taught me all kinds of terrible stuff about what he thought about his his pet opinions of women and his opinions on this and his opinions on that. And all that negative crunk was in my soul. Yeah. And I've got to that Gordian's knot, that big tied up knot. I need to unravel it and untie it and get that crunk out of there so I can be fully compassionate, fully optimal, fully joyful, fully happy, fully yeah. satisfied all of the time. And there's absolutely no reason why everyone listening can't do that too. Right. Everyone should do it. Everyone can do it. And if you seek the good, you will do it. You will do it. Yeah. So that's the next layer I need to remove. Yeah. And the next level I need to get to is how I can communicate this more effectively to more people yeah. Uh, because that would be more effective because yeah. uh, the word effective is nothing but a synonym for the word optimal. Yeah. Every positive, evaluative adjective from excellent, virtuous, good, uh, nice, 
uh, optimal ideal are all direct synonyms when you realize it. There's just yin and yang, that's it. There's just positive or negative. And so we just don't make any negative and we make all positive. We are radical optimists. And, and here's another interesting thing. And the last thing I'll say about this and we can move on is that in my philosophy, I've realized, it's not my philosophy, it's Plato's originally, really, and Buddha's. It's Buddha's and, and Plato's, really. What I've realized uh, in gaining enlightenment is, is that pessimism is not just foolish. Pessimism is not just unfortunate to always consider, it. oh, it's always, it's always terrible, it's always bad, it's always glass half empty. Not only is that foolish, not only is that unfortunate, not only is that impractical, it is literally wrong. Yeah. It is wrong yeah. morally speaking. Exactly. It's wrong ethically speaking. And it's wrong. And it's not a blame system. So the system is just like, oops, oh, well, do better. That's the blame. Oops, oh, well, do better. So don't worry. I'm not wagging my finger at anybody who's feeling like no, a pessimist because no. I would just make them more of a pessimist. So I'm not wagging my finger at anyone, right? But it's logically wrong. The glass is not half empty. What does that even mean? What does that abstraction even mean? The glass is full of positivity, including the table and the air. Everything is positive. There's nothing but positivity right? It doesn't mean we don't plan for problems in the future. We don't walk around with a dumb, happy look on our face all the time and walk right into traffic like everything is great. We don't do that because that would not be positive either. But we don't add in more negativity when we don't need to. We don't make things worse when we don't need to. Exactly. It's like when the child falls and skins their knee and they look up, should I be angry about this before they start crying? And if you go, it's okay. It's all right. You're, you're good. You're good. You're good, right? You're okay. Oh yeah, I'm okay. And they run and they don't cry. Right. That is the maximally positive contextualization we should be doing for everything in our life as much as possible. We're doing that's the next layer I need to remove in my own soul. Get the abuse out of there. Get the crunk out of there. Get yeah. my old grumpiness out of there at 48. Maybe finally I can do it. Yeah. Uh, but at least I know I'm doing it. I'm on the path right of doing it. Yeah. And the next level I need to get to is to communicate that better for for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's a, it's a, it's a lot, you know, it's a, it's a lot for a question to be asked of you, but I think that you're on the right path with it, you know, and, and you're going to achieve it. You will. How can I, you I, not? I, 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 in, in some ways I've already have because yeah. the optimal is you the optimal. It, yeah. This is as good as it gets. <laughs> like I've made it as good as it gets. So that's optimal, right? Yeah. Because the Tao you can speak of is not the eternal Tao. Yeah. So the practical Tao I've obtained, this is as good as it gets now, uh, uh, in, in situ, in, in flowing, in, 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 in potentia, in practice, is, is not the form of Plato's good in the sky, oh, but it never will be, right? Like, like yeah. we live on the earth. And so there's the form of goodness, or there's enlightenment, as Buddhist teaches. Uh, there's the there, there's the Tao as the Tao is teach, which is all the same thing in my mind. This is all the yeah, same thing. Right? Plato, Socrates, Buddha, uh, whoever wrote the Tao Te Ching, all talking about the same thing. Yeah. Uh, 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 and you, you're trying to make that Platonic form, that information uh, archetype, that in, in, in abstract, you're, you're living it. And if you're living it, then you're doing it. Um, let's discuss, uh, you know, some of your most challenging trials and tribulations. Well, you know, um, maybe you just touched on it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it really was, uh, I could sum it up to being, uh, born autistic and misdiagnosed until you're 48, <laughs> until you're 47 <laughs> and just trying to blend in and thinking, why not like these people? I'm not yeah. normal. I'm not, I don't get it. Like, yeah. uh, you know, and it really, it really came out when I was doing my PhD. So I have a master's degree from Dallas university in Halifax. I was doing a PhD in philosophy and ethics. 
at York University in, in Toronto. I finished a year of my PhD and I had to quit because the anxiety disorder, the depression, the, the PTSD, the, the abuse had just added up to the point where I was a psychological wreck. Yeah. And all of that is because I was autistic. I, I do literally do not have the mental capacity to navigate the niceties, uh, the the high barrier of entry and the the high chance of failure social politics of finding a professor who is who is smarter than me and who who doesn't who knows something who can teach me something. Yeah. That was impossible to do. And as, by the way, I just said that. You can say, oh yeah, I could see why no professor wanted to work with him because he's actually smarter than them. You're right, I am. <laughs> Uh, I solved what philosophy could not, and I'm ready to roll the philosophy department into the educational department. It's wow. done. I teach philosophy in 20 lectures. It's not that hard. I'm not the only one in history who said this, by the way. Al Farabi said this. Al Ghazali said something similar. Uh, Augustine or Saint Augustine to the Catholics wrote Contra Academicos against the academicians. Uh, uh, Hume was against the academicians. I'm not the only philosopher who said, uh, "Guys, I can solve this. Yeah. Why are we whining for 5,000 years?" Like, yeah. like. It's in some points, I love the humanities, obviously, and I love philosophy and I, I'm teaching it. But at some points, we're just talking at some points what the hard sciences says about the humanities is a little true, actually, quite frankly. I've sat in way too many Friday symposiums where we're arguing about to use the uh, Aristophanes uh, critique of Socrates, which was never true. But they also partially put on the death on this, that us philosophers have our head in the clouds. And are arguing about the the size of the orifices in a gnat, uh, uh, and how many angels can dance on the head of a pin, uh, aka nonsense questions, uh, uh, until the end of time. Thus wasting everyone's time, money, and social money, and 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 uh, and, and, and 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 welfare. The humanities is a little guilty of this, and so uh, if you if you're tired of if that's the kind of philosophy you like to practice that argues and debates and is nothing but bickering and acrimonious and never gets anywhere, that's not what you'll find in my free philosophy course. Uh -huh. In my free philosophy course, I will solve it for you in, in 20 lectures, roughly. It's not that hard. Uh, I will take you on a hike. I will show you the highlights, and we'll come back. It's called the Hikers Club. I, I, I liken philosophy to, to hiking. Yeah. Uh, also, based on the Japanese Shinrin-yoku, uh, forest cleansing or forest bathing, the forest will bathe us. It'll take away a lot of those programs that you mentioned. So, so, yeah. so, so intelligently, Tim, you're so right about the programs. Yeah. Uh, and we will, we will come back and we will, we will see the truth and I'll go, there it is. Don't take my word for it. Here's the truth. And, and yeah. I'll be the tour guy. Yeah. So a couple of years ago, we had sold our house and moved out of Houston. We moved mm -hmm. out to the hill country in Texas. Okay. And so I was living on a river for a whole year while we rented before we found this home. Yeah. And so I was after work, it was my biggest grossing year, you know, since we started all this, right. but, uh, every couple days or so I'd go down to the river by myself, put some waders on, go out there, go fishing, swimming in the river, you know, hiking, you know, adventurous and nice. no one's around for miles, you know? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, you pack your piece in case you run into a mountain lion, but you don't really <laughs> got to worry about anybody right, coming right, and right. bothering you. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 That was so awakening for me. Those hikes, the time spent over there, it changed me. Yes. And, yes. Uh, and that's the, that's what the Japanese said. Shinrin Yoku yeah. forest, forest cleansing, forest yeah. bathing. You know, just yeah. watching the and, waters, watching fish, swim, watching yes. animals, you know, it was just, it was something else. 
Yeah. And there's, there's some, uh, there's some neuroscience behind this too, right? So the vernacular in psychology is called an appraisal. So your primitive brain, your reptilian brain, your limbic system, your amygdala, uh, is shared by all reptiles, right? And, uh, uh, it's called an appraisal when, when, and that's what I call part of the contextualization. When your subconscious, uh, uh, makes a judgment without you even realizing it. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's not a bad thing. Like sometimes your gut tells you, you, you feel, oh, I don't like the situation. I'm going to back out of it. That's not a bad thing. It's not, it's just your limbic system reacting to stimuli. It's when it bubbles up and you start being like, you know, you know, whatever you start making judgments on this, uh, uh, that, that it could, it can be either right or wrong or a problem or good or bad. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh when you go to nature, you, you reappraise, right? You're in a different, you're literally in a different physical environment and you, you give your, your reptilian brain a chance to, is there still danger? No. Oh, okay. You can get out of the fight or flight, right? It gives, it invites an opportunity to get out of the fight or flight or whatever crunk you're in, whatever judgment or context you're in. Yeah. Now, when did you become passionate about this focus or was it just a lifelong thing? It, it was a lifelong thing. So let yeah. me tell you one of my earliest memories. So I must have been about four years old, three or four years old, and I was heading north on the 60 Pemina bus in Winnipeg, Manitoba. I just passed the Golden Boy Legislative Building, and the bus was about to turn uh, into the Hudson's Bay uh, uh, stop. So everyone in Winnipeg knows exactly where I'm talking about right now. And I was with my grandma. She was taking me to some, do something downtown, uh, which is we always we stayed in the suburbs in Winnipeg. It's a sprawling city and has a downtown and like suburbs upon suburbs, right? And um, uh, she was having a conversation with another uh, bus rider and the driver. And I didn't even fully understand English yet. Uh, but I remember uh, uh, the, the, the bus rider had said something uh, that literally made no sense. I didn't understand English, but I knew he had said, uh, I like fishing and I don't like fishing. Or he said, my name is my name is Jim and my name is not Jim. Like he literally said a contradiction. He said yeah. A and not A at the same time was true. And I laughed. I said, Oh, this is funny. I didn't know you could do that in language. <laughs> and I looked at my grandma because for sure she's gonna go, that didn't make any sense. But she just laughs, the bus driver just laughs, and I realized right there, I'm different. Yeah. And this is how the rest of my life is gonna go. I'm different than everybody else. I realized I get this. I realized this is going to be a factor of my life getting this. I realized a whole string of concepts about this is how logic works, this is how philosophy works. This is how uh, uh, thinking works. This is how society works. And those who understand this and those who don't and those who play along and those who are not playing along. Yeah. I realized and how I was positioned in all that outside of all that separate from that, the lone person to my knowledge who knew this and who now going to be alone for the rest of their life because this this knowledge positions me there socially right yeah yeah uh and so that that's that's when i became passionate about it because you cannot not be passionate about it right it's like that's that's who i am that's where i am this is this is my path this is my dao this is the dao yeah. this is the way as they say in the mandalorian this is the way yeah so i knew that's what it was going to be whether i liked it or not yeah. and i was both sad because i didn't Right. Uh, I, I, almost as if I'm not saying there is, I can't prove this, but almost as if there's some kind of genetic memory or a memory of the past life, because I understand incarnations as well. There's only, there's only so many configurations of carbon. So we, we reincarnate. That's just a fact, right? That's just a mathematical fact. 
I don't have to believe in it. There's only so many configurations of carbon. There's only so many combinations of the seven note scale. The same song will be done again and again and again and again. It's mathematical truth. There is no avoiding it. So yeah. I don't believe in reincarnation. I know about incarnations. I don't know the last time I incarnated, but it uh, could have been the universe, could have been some other universe. Uh, but I, I, it's almost like I felt like, oh, no, I have to go through this life again. That's what I felt at that moment. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, yeah, right. I'm different than everyone. Oh, yeah. Great. <laughs> you know, so, um, but, but that's, you know, it, it, it makes a passion in the sense that it's like, okay, but I'm going to fix this. I'm yeah. going to fix this this time. Yeah. Last time, whether I was Buddha, I was Plato, I was whomever I was, uh, I was whoever wrote the Tao Te Ching. I didn't fix it last time. I'm going to fix it this time <laughs> is, is, is the passion. Or I'm going to try to make it better now, make enough of a boom, make enough of a noise so that my next incarnation, I could pick up where I left off and I don't have to redo it. Very good. I like that. I like that. As crazy as that is for me to say, <laughs> if hey. people just take a step back and realize how nuts it was for me to say that <laughs> and how, how, uh, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. What no, I'm, you put to yeah, that? I'm sure that there's someone that that resonates with, and it and that it just it wakes up things in others, and and that's that's the point of this, right? Um, who were the greatest contributors to your character? Wow, wow, um, what a great question! Very hard for me to answer. Uh, you know, there's the psychological influences. Uh, uh, there's all of the parents, there's all the teachers, there's all of the media you consume. If Plato is right, then it would be those people who wrote the music that I heard. Plato said that music was the most influential, uh, thing on the soul. Uh, so, uh, uh, movies, uh, uh music of the nineties, eighties and nineties. There you go. Uh, but, uh, I would like to think that character is also partially chosen and self-defined. And in that sense, it is the the authors I've been mentioning. It is it is the Tao Te Ching. It it is a lot of Plato, a lot of Plato. It is all the major thinkers in the West since Plato, uh, Augustine, Machiavelli, uh, Hume, uh, uh, Descartes, Rousseau, a lot of Rousseau, a lot of Nietzsche, uh, 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 and and my own thought again and again and again and again. I like to think I'm a great contributor to my own character because I keep working on myself and working on myself to, to do all those previous things we talked about, to get rid of all those layers. Good. Very good. Um, what is the best piece of advice for an audience that truly wants to better themselves or others in this lifetime? That's a great question. Uh, it's to remember radical positivity. It's to remember to seek the ideal. Yeah. The ideal, the optimal, the the good, capital T, capital G. Uh, it's the dinner party. Just everything is a dinner party. And and how do you conduct yourself in a dinner party? Well, you know, if you're inviting, so you got you're going for a Super Bowl party, and you're inviting people to it. Uh, and so, what would it say if you forgot that so and so and so and so is allergic to peanuts, and so and so and so and so is gluten can't have gluten, and so and so and so and so. Uh, you know, uh, uh, doesn't drink alcohol, so they'll be left out. That's negligent. That's one thing. What does it say if you don't care? Yeah. What does it say if you're like, I don't care if they have gluten. I won't even warn them. I won't even warn them that this has gluten in it. What does that say about you? Like, what does that say about the the futures you're trying to make? What does that say about 
the the situations you're trying to describe. It's, it's and that's society. Society is the dinner party, yeah. right? It's uh, you know we gotta live with people, even if we're gonna find them slightly icky. As long as they're not hurting anybody and they're seeking their good, you're free to seek your good. Everyone's free to seek their good. Um, uh, that's what it is. It's trying to seek the good. It's being a problem solver, yeah. not a problem starter. Solve problems. Yeah. Be adaptable. Bend as much as you can bend. Uh, and then, but be steadfast in what you need, in your needs. It's not just wants, not just frivolous wants. It's, you know, I need this for my life. You know, I am this way. I'm that way. I need these things. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to make a problem for anybody else, but I need my rights respected in this regard. And it's about trying to solve all those, I call this in, intrinsic needs in my other book, The Zombies. And we're, and that's all life is, 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 is a exercise in trying to massage everyone's intrinsicity. So they're not at odds, but they can fit. And we can all, we can all seek the optimal together and make everything gooder, 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 gooder. Yeah. Man, I love that. I, I appreciate you for speaking this on my show. <clears throat> um, what practices, techniques make your day a success? Um, uh, again, it's it's being mindful. It's 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 it, what, we, what we call gooding, right? The process I described, I've been describing. We call it gooding uh, because. English doesn't have a word for it. And uh, it's seeking the gooder and making it gooder, uh, gooder, gooder, gooder all the time. And everything I try to do, uh, I literally have uh, a note right on my desktop here that says optimize with an exclamation mark, nice. trying, trying to optimize everything. Uh, that's the technique. You, you are the best guest for this optimum ideation here. <laughs> and I, <laughs> yeah. I did not know it. <laughs> yes. Yes, for sure. For sure. Yes. It's all about the optimum ideation. The optimal ideation is the oh, ideal. That's, That's the perfect. etymology of the word idea. Uh, it's it, yeah. uh, that which is a Greek word. Idea is a Greek word. Eidos as a synonym for it in Greek. Uh, that is the optimal ideation. It is the ideal. Yeah, you are the best guest. I'm going to use your clip right there for for the show. Awesome. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd love that. Um, if you could interview uh, uh, three people, or maybe one or two, three people, who would it be? Wow. Um, what, a, what an interesting question. So it depends on what the purpose of the interview would be. Uh, do they have to be alive or can they be dead? Or? They, yeah, they could be dead, yeah. So I'd love to pick uh, Plato's brain. I'd love to, 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 to uh, uh, pick Socrates' brain. Uh, 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 but if it has to do with people now, I would interview uh, uh, Putin. I'd interview... People like Bezos, I'd interview uh, uh, maybe Musk, to a lesser extent Musk, to, to figure out how their brain ticks and how I can help them with their programs. Yeah. Because those top-level decision makers, uh, uh, for better or for worse, you might be like, Putin, oh, my God, you know, whoa. You know, uh, like it or not, he's a top-level world decider. I'm not saying I, I like any of his decisions. I don't, obviously. Uh, but you know, if you could just give that—I mean, I mean, Putin is is a—he was an ex-KGB agent. He's not—you know—you can give him a hug all you want. You're not going to fix him, right? You know, there's there's, there's no there's no just like it's like some it's like some world leaders. I, I I thought sometimes whatever people think, I'm not going to get into the politics. But I just thought sometimes, wow, Donald Trump just needs a hug. Someone just needs to give this guy some unconditional love because clearly he didn't receive enough of it, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, 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 you know, instead of yelling at him, I, I wanted to give him a hug a lot of the time. But, 
you know, I'd, I'd try to interview these people and see like, you know, maybe I can help them. And who knows at that high level, the decisions these people are making, maybe we can change the world in, in, a, in a positive way. Yeah. Now, if you write another book, what would it be about? Well, I've written two books so far. One's called The Zombies, uh, and it's a technical philosophical book about the moral truth, proving what the moral truth is. Uh, uh, if you like technical philosophy, uh, I, if you want it, just email me. I'll give it to you, joshbashinsky.com. Uh, there's another one, Dow Agathos, I wrote, which is the positive aspect of that, which is much more meditative. It, it has the same arguments in it about uh, uh, morality, but The Zombies takes it from a negative perspective, uh, taking away all the, the morality that people... Uh, rely on now and then showing you what's left using Aquinas's method, Thomas Aquinas, the saint of Thomas Aquinas for the for Catholics. Um, the next book I would write uh, is gonna probably be a fiction book. I'll probably write a book of fiction. I'm an avid writer of sci-fi and fantasy as well. So is my wife. We're working on a book called How It Ends. Uh, it's a story about the end of time, the end of this universe, 99 trillion years in the future of this universe, what it's going to look like. And so we wrote that book uh, and I've been doing some podcasts for it and we're just uh, finishing the, the publishing of it now. Yeah. Uh, I would probably write another fiction book. I want to write a book about 50 to hundred years in the future yeah. and, and tell people what it's going to be like there. Uh, uh, cause I know what AI is going to do. I know what climate change is going to do. I watch these trends very carefully. I've done a lot of studying on it and I want to show them the, the, the amazing things, some of the terrible things I, I want people to wake up and realize what we're heading into. Yeah. Uh, it'll be a challenging time. There are challenging times ahead, but uh, in the darkest times, I think is when you can see the brightest light uh, best. Uh, and so that might be, I'm, I'm, I could feel that little story trying to get out in my head. Uh, and so I might, uh, who knows, I might write something like that. This is a personal question that I don't ask other people, but have you ever looked at developing video games? Is that something you've ever? Sure. Tried? Yeah. Of course I have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've I've looked at every way, man. I've looked at yeah. every single kind of media I can produce to try yeah. and make more good. Yeah. Uh, I, I've I've talked to video game uh, studios about putting my self-aware AI Cassandra in video games. Okay. Uh, to have the first self-aware AI that you're talking to and yeah. you know fighting against or whatever interacting yeah. with in video games. Uh, yeah, I, I've I've totally looked into it. Cool. Cool. Um, do you have a networking event, a book? product, invention, service that the audience can help to promote? Um, you know, it's just my free philosophy course. If you've thought anything I've said is good, if you thought anything I've said is interesting, you want to know more about it, join my free philosophy course. Um, if you're curious, if you want to know what the truth is about reality, what the truth is about morality, what the truth is about what we can know and what the purpose is, uh, and the optimum ideation, uh, I'd like yeah. to talk about that too in my own way. Uh, join my free philosophy course. Uh, email me at joshbuchinsky at gmail.com or just Google Josh Buchinsky free philosophy course and uh, it'll probably be the top result. Perfect. And what is the best way for the audience to support your mission, get in contact, or is it what you just said? It's just what I said. Email me at joshbuchinsky at gmail.com. Uh, any questions you have? Perfect. Perfect. Well, that uh, that concludes our show. It's always the part that I hate. But uh, I know you've got some things that you've got to get done. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And be sure to subscribe and like and support the show. Thanks. Thanks so much for coming today. Thanks, Tim. Be well. All right.